Jenny Tolman is one of the hottest new artists in country music. Says who? Music Row, Rolling Stone, People magazines, CMT, and a ton more top music industry sources. But most importantly, her growing throng of fans. There's a story behind every one of her rhinestones, so we invite you to listen in and let your own creative muse get inspired. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. So, with a razor-sharp wit and a throwback sound, Jenny Tolman is on deck to become her generation's Roger Miller, a comedic troubadour with a decidedly feminine perspective, yes, (laughs) often savvy wordplay and wisdom far beyond her years, with titles like High Class White Trash, Her debut album, There Goes the Neighborhood, lit up Nashville in 2020 by delivering engaging snapshots of small town life in fictional Jennyville. Not many new artists would step into the spotlight quite so brazenly, but doing so has been worth the gamble for Jenny. Among the accolades she's accumulated so far, the Nashville scene chose There Goes the Neighborhood as the best comedy debut album. The Tennessean named her as an artist to watch. Music Row magazine included her in Next Big Thing, Class of 2020. Legendary Music Row writer Robert K. Orman says Tolman is practically single-handedly bringing humor back into country music. She's been featured in such national publications as People magazine, Rolling Stone magazine, and American Songwriter. She's done a duet with country legend Jeannie Seeley. Actor Jeff Bridges cut one of her songs. She's won CMT Video Countdown not once, but twice. Her tour dates lately have included a spot at Bridgestone in the Charlie Daniels event. She was featured in an episode of Say Yes to the Dress, and yes, she's getting married. Her fiancé is Grammy-winning producer Dave Brainerd. And she's done all of this without signing with a major label yet. So welcome to all things vocal, Jenny Tolman. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you wow, know, just reading I've never off heard that so list. much about myself in one, <laughs> in one instance. All at one time. Uh, we're we're going to go back in time to kind of find out how you got to this point in a minute. But for now, let's talk about that dress. And being on the show, you and your mother used to watch when you were a child. Yes. So thank you very much. First of all, this is very exciting to be here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I had one of the craziest experiences just a couple weeks ago, getting to actually see myself on Say Yes to the Dress. And then months prior to that, actually getting to shoot my own episode in New York City. I have watched say yes to the dress my entire life like I believe it's been going on for 15 years and I'm 25 so since I was 10 years old I've been watching this show with my mom it would it would always be a special thing that we do um and so as soon as I got engaged I was like oh hey babe thanks for the ring but hey I need to get on say yes to the dress (laughs) so I have an amazing publicist. Her name is Melissa Matthews, and she also watches Say Yes to the Dress with her daughters. So it's a special show for her as well. So she really, like, as soon as I got engaged, she was like, Jenny, we've got to get you on Say Yes to the Dress. And I was like, yes, I agree. So she searched high and low 
found the right person that needed to be contacted because we tried like all of the the normal ways you submit through the website and all of that and you never hear anything back but she actually found um, the casting producer which led to a phone interview that I did with the casting producer and then that went well so then it led to a zoom interview that I did with her where she recorded that interview and sent it to TLC the network for final approval or denial and uh, luckily it got approved <laughs> and a couple months later, I mean, it was so fast. A couple months later, I was in New York City with my mom and my sister. Um, oh, you only got cool. to take two people because of COVID and all the restrictions. And it was actually pretty cool because normally during filming, the whole salon is full. It's, it's during a normal day at Kleinfeld, which is the bridal salon. And particularly because it is during COVID, the whole salon is shut down, so you have the entire place to yourself for this wow. this season, which in one way it was very cool, but in another way it almost added a lot more pressure to the situation <laughs> because you don't have like all of the hustle and bustle going on around you, so you're like, oh gosh, I better be really entertaining. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was just amazing. The, the very first dress that I tried on was the dress that I ended up going with and the dress that I'm going to wear on my wedding day. So it was one of those, like, as soon as I put it on, I was like, I mean, oh, I don't Jenny. think we need anything else. Okay, so tell everybody what kind of shoes you're wearing. I am wearing snow boots to my wedding because, because? I am getting married in the snow. So my fiancé and I, Dave Brainerd, uh, who you mentioned, uh, who is also my producer and my co-writer in a lot of songs, uh, we got engaged in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In the snow, it had accidentally snowed that day. It was October 28th of last year, and it wasn't even supposed to be snowing. Um, it had just happened, and so it was this beautiful layer of fresh snow, and we were going on a hike around Jenny Lake at the Grand Teton. Perfect. It was the perfect spot, and that was our first trip ever there. I was actually playing a show there, and we fell in love with the town. We fell in love with the people. Uh, we've been back a couple more times since then. I think we've gone three times in a year because we love it so much, and we've oh, actually wow. made more friends there than I feel like we even have in Nashville because <laughs> we just love them so much. Um, so we're getting married there in the snow because we fell in love in the snow. We got engaged in the snow, so now we're getting married in the snow. It's kind of the perfect little bow to our love story. You know, and, and let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, I happen to know where you met Dave was at a writer's round. So for anybody that, that thinks writer's rounds are not cool or important, I beg to differ. <laughs> they can I be know, very important. And I'm going to tell you, I did not want to go to that. I was, <laughs> I was still, I was living at home with my parents. I was 19 I think and I was like oh, I just really don't want to do this tonight like <laughs> sometimes you get burnt out of all the writers nights that you do but my mom she told me this thing which is very true every time I have ever not wanted to go somewhere or not wanted to do something and I end up doing it something really really big and important comes out of it <laughs> so I will say that even if you don't want to go, you probably should, which I still need to keep telling myself. Yeah. <laughs> and not only should you go, but you should do it like it's the only gig you got ever. Yeah, and uh, that somebody important could be in the crowd, even if they're not, just perform as if they were. And you've mm -hmm. always done that. I've seen you do it.
even when everybody's kind of talking like they do in Nashville and Riders Rounds and paying attention, somebody was paying attention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He sure was. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he first fell in love with your voice, (laughs) with your music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Dave Brainerd, uh, amazing, you know, in his own right, how difficult or easy is it to be engaged and going to be married to a man who is so intimately involved in your music, not just your career, but your music itself? Right. You know, in so many ways, uh, it's obviously a blessing and a curse in many ways, but in more ways, (laughs) it's a blessing than a curse. I feel the same with my husband. Yeah. You have you have somebody who totally understands and gets what you're doing, and mm-hmm. and it's a very unique lifestyle, obviously, that we live. It's not anything normal. You know, all of my friends from high school, they can't necessarily relate to what I'm doing because it's so backwards and doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm not I'm not getting a degree and then getting a job and then growing from there and doing all these steps. It's kind of everybody has their own way of doing this career. And so it's so nice to have somebody who gets that and supports that and uh, is also very creative and helps me in so many different areas. But uh, believe me, sometimes I do want to uh, (laughs) pull my hair out or his hair out. (laughs) Because, you know, there's something to be said for like, Sometimes I think about, oh, it must be really nice to like go to work and then come home and you haven't seen them all day and they don't and they don't know what you do. So you get to tell them and and they don't really have any opinion about it because they don't know. So they they just let you. (laughs) So it's it's a nice balance. But I mean, in so many ways, it's an amazing blessing because he's also in my band as well. He plays in my band. So we get to travel the world together. You know, we go to all these beautiful places for Jackson Hole was one of them because he was playing with me. So it's a, yeah, it it leads to a lot of really special things. Yeah. I feel the same way. My husband uh, played drums with me on the road and we got to experience, you know, a lot of really cool things together Yeah, and even brought our son along with us too. So, but it's a double-edged sword sometimes. (laughs) In fact, a rule in our house is when it gets to be supper time or dinner time, however you want to say that, it is no more about music. No more music. Ooh, you know, you just like don't talk rule. about work. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that rule a lot. And and it, it's allowed to be broken. Yeah, but... it's funny that you say that because I just had one of my very best friends is my bass player. And uh, she's also, her name's Amanda McCoy. She's amazing. And she's also going to be a bridesmaid in my wedding. So we have a very close friendship outside of music. But obviously we became friends because of music. And she's very intimately involved in my career. And we had this conversation yesterday cause, to where I was like, you know, sometimes I just want to like hang out with you like you're my friend. Not like we're like bandmates all the time we're talking about my career and all this stuff and she's totally in it she's like yeah you know what we're gonna set aside special time where we don't talk anything about music and all this exactly. stuff. so it's funny that you say oh, that oh yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's really important and I think I think it's so important for people that are you know completely committed to to the music they're making because mm-hmm. you need a more well-rounded life and it, you know to step away from the things that you're doing and then if you get more well-rounded it actually makes your music better too yeah exactly and then it's not so necessarily dependent on music your your marriage and your friendships <laughs> yeah exactly so now you really like 
say yes to the dress, you have a real Cinderella story. You really do. But you've come through some really hard places and Mm -hmm. you've done some consistently excellent creative work to jump into this fairy tale. So a lot of people are going through hard times right now. We're speaking in 2021 and it's still the pandemic years. So, you know, I know you care about them. And part of your empathy is because you've been through hard times too. How have hard times helped you in your life and in your music and your career uh, and in your relationships? How have hard times helped you? So one of my things that I realized when I was going through a lot of hard times and high school years and early years when I was first getting to know you, um, I, I noticed I was ha- I had this like more so like a victim mentality where I felt very sorry for myself and I would start wallowing and and just really focusing on that. And, and all of a sudden, one day I realized I was like, you know what? If you just switch that part of your brain and start being grateful for all these things oh. and start being grateful for the things that you do have, all of a sudden I started doing that and, and, the world shifted almost. It was like all of these good things started coming into my life. And I started, you know, not forgetting, but, but learning the lessons that I needed to learn from the hard times to move on and move forward and be even bigger and better in my life. Um, and, and that's kind of one thing that I do a lot with my music is that I like to make people laugh. I like to, you know, be humorous. Um, have fun, bring joy to people because I do know what it's like to, to just be sitting there and, and kind of wallowing in this self-pity and, and all of this. And, and, you know, and I always say that it's, it's very important to acknowledge those feelings and to feel those, but to not mm-hmm. sit in them and steep and, and stay there forever. Um, because if you do that, you're just going to get more and more miserable. So that's something that uh, I definitely try to take my songs and my writing and put in these messages that are very mindful. Like one of my favorite uh, songs to reference is actually a Roger Miller song called You Can't Roller Skate in a Buffalo Herd. Because it's this silly, wacky song that makes no sense. You're like, what is this dude talking about? Like, you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. Like, okay. And, then, and so he's just saying all of these off-the-wall crazy things that are impossible and then the the hook line is, but you can be happy if you've a mind to. Mind to. So it's it's all about if you choose to be happy, that's what you're going to be. And even though it may seem impossible, like all these other things, like roller skating in a buffalo herd, it's possible. Um, and I, and I love that because taking that message that is so simple but it's very hard <laughs> to apply sometimes and, and using humor and, you know, silliness as a way to get that message across. I've always thought that things like that are very cool and unique because if you can make people laugh and make them comfortable and once they're comfortable, they're actually open to hearing what that underlying message is. Right. Right. And oddly enough, it's been quite commercially successful for you. And you, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. your primary purpose, but people need that. Yeah. I think you found a real, a real gem there. Yeah. In fact, you, you kind of continue that theme with uh, Jenny's Joy Jar, which is a tongue tangler. Is that that? that is that? <laughs> that's correct. We should have that to our vocal warm up. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll add it to it. Yeah. So once I had this realization about all the gratitude and like, oh my goodness, this is, this actually works. Um, I started doing something called Jenny's Joy Jar on my socials. Every Sunday I post a picture of something that I'm grateful for with a little explanation. And, and I invite everybody else to comment on it with something that they're grateful for. And so it's just a way to keep everybody, you know, putting out into the world, typing it, writing it out, what you're grateful for, even if it's something so small as like, I'm grateful for the apple that is sitting on my counter right now because I have food to eat. So just tiny little things like that. Um, And keeping everyone focusing on all the good because there's so much in the news and in the world and society right now that tries to tell us how awful and horrible everything is. And that's all we're listening to all day, every day. And if that's what you're taking in, then that's what you're going to be thinking about and, and putting out back into the world. And so, yeah, I just really like to use that as something to be like, hey, it's kind of nerdy, whatever, but it works and it's true. And we all have so much more to be thankful for than to be upset about at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. If you're wake, waking up breathing, you're, you're doing all right. Then there's things yeah. for you to do that day. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us about Jennyville. <laughs> How did yes. your very interesting muse come up with There Goes the Neighborhood <laughs> and other songs with crazy characters that actually everybody has some of in their family? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. So, so this kind of goes back to... Um, a little bit of that humor that I like to have and everything, but also uh, Dave was it was a huge part of this because Dave and I, before we were ever a romantic couple, we were co-writers for about a year. And uh, it was something where we started noticing all of the songs that we were writing started to have these characters that were recurring or wanted to tell more of their story. They just kept coming back and we're like, wait a second. And, and Dave goes one day, well, what if we actually just, just for fun for ourselves have a little town called Jennyville and put these characters in there and and have them interact with each other and it was truly just just supposed to be between us and our co-writers to kind Mm -hmm. of have this fun creative place um and he was when he said Jennyville I was like Jennyville I mean that's a little like big-headed of me like can I have my own town but but then I was like well I mean if I'm going to be the next Dolly Parton I guess she's got Dollywood so hold your arms out Jenny okay yes you're a part of Jennyville <laughs> the fringe. everywhere I go I got I got the rhinestone hoops and the fringe <laughs> so we we just started doing that with our co-writers and eventually I was like you know what this could actually be something really fun to share with my fans with the public and kind of let them in on this little secret and let them explore this little town. And so that's kind of how it was born accidentally. You know, in your writing that I've watched you do for years now, you know, and watch the progression of it, uh, you go from hilariously clever to very serious and old soul wise. So Mm -hmm. I I asked you before the interview, so I know you got your guitar there, but I wondered wondered if you would sing one of my personal favorite Jenny songs? Funny you should ask. <laughs> right here. I can, yeah. So this is a this is a little excerpt of a song that's going to be on my next album. It's called oh, Same yay. Plane as You. Yeah. You know first here <laughs> on All Things Mobile. But um, so this song is actually the 
second song that Dave and I ever wrote together. It's just the two of us on this song. And uh, so way before we ever fell in love, it's kind of almost, it's a, it's a little bit eerie, the, the precursor that it was to our lives. Here's a little bit. I'm gonna ride the same train as you. Chase them tracks down rolling hills and fields of gold and blue. Build bridges over valleys and the mountains will cut through. I'm gonna ride the same train as you. We're gonna drink the same holy wine. Plant the seeds and watch the blood and sweat and tears grow on the vine. Through the sun, the rain, the joy and pain, the bitter and sweet time. We're gonna drink the same holy wine. Turn together. Oh my gosh, that's a heck of a teaser for that song. Oh my goodness. And little little did you know how funny. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is pretty crazy. All right, you are also a courageous artist, unafraid to speak your truth, even if it might be uncomfortable for somebody in the industry. So talk to me about a song you co-wrote that was performed by none other than Jeff Bridges. Yes. So this song is called My Welcome Matt, yes. And uh, Dave and I wrote this with our friend John Goodwin. And uh, it was kind of one of those days we were sitting around talking about everything wrong in the world and and everything going on and uh we just started talking about all the different types of people because something i love particularly about this song is that the three of us as co-writers all have very different beliefs and we we think differently we vote differently whatever it may be we're all very different people but we're able to sit in a room and talk about that and and explore those differences Wow. And um, and respect each other and love each other because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. And um, so we were talking about all the different types of people that we are ourselves and then also all the different types of people that we know. And so it, it turned into this song literally talking about I've got friends that love the Pope and friends that love their dope. <laughs> and we love them yeah. both equally. And, and, you know, we've got friends dance on poles and, and friends that don't you know there's there's all these different types of people in our lives and characters in our lives that make our lives what they are if we didn't have them life would be so boring and um so it, it turned into this really cool you know like to me it's it's always like you know if you're not harming anybody else intentionally if you're not out to to do wrong then i believe everybody can believe whatever they want and um and everybody's welcome. And, yeah. and so uh, that's kind of where my welcome mat came from. And it, and it fell into the hands of the dude 
<laughs> AKA Jeff Bridges, because <laughs> John, our co-writer on this song, actually grew up with Jeff out in LA. Oh, wow. So they've been childhood friends their entire lives and they've, and they've stuck together. And, and so we weren't even pitching this song to Jeff. Jeff just overheard it one day and was like, can't wait, can you send me that? Like, what, what is that? And so John sent the song to Jeff and he just fell in love with it and ended up performing it at Lebowski Fest, which I had never even seen the big Lebowski. So I was very <laughs> shocked when I went to Lebowski <laughs> Fest out in LA. And that was my first time to LA. Um, so getting to go to the Will Turn, which Jeff was performing at for, for Lebowski Fest and, and opened the show with our song, with my welcome mat. Because, oh, and it was a really beautiful moment because it was Passover and about to be Eastern. So he referenced his Jewish friends and referenced his Christian friends in the oh. intro to this song, which I just thought was so perfect for what this song is, because that's what it's about, you know, very yeah. different, but we love them all. And um, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a very special moment for me. And he has since recorded it and released it with his band, Jeff Bridges and the Abiders. Wow. Oh, that is so mm -hmm. cool. Everybody, you'll have to check that out. You'll have to go yeah. on the internet and search Jeff Bridges uh, out with My Welcome Mat. And that's got to be a heady moment for any songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> so. Funnily enough, that was my first ever like real cut by another artist. <laughs> so I was wow. like, wow, guess, guess it's going to be a little hard to go up from here. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad start for, for yeah. people covering your material. Yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, well, while we're talking about cuts, I want to bring up your new, brand new, in September 2021, single, uh, which is called I Know Some Cowboys. Now, tell me about that. So, I Know Some Cowboys, it's, uh, it's coming out October 22nd, and it is about my very first trip and tour all around Texas. This was a couple years ago, before COVID, I was on the road with... Um, an artist named Adam Hood. I was opening all of his shows for this particular tour and I had so much fun. Oh my gosh, we went all over Texas and this is my first time ever going to Texas, ever performing in Texas, having anything to do with Texas. And I like fell in love with it. <laughs> and especially <laughs> the Cowboys because everywhere I went, they would open the doors, get their hats, mail. <laughs> they would grab my gear and, and carry it for me. They tried to teach me how to Texas two-step, which I was so bad at, but it was so much fun. I got dipped all over the place. And, uh, and it was just me and Amanda, who I previously told you about, my bass player. It was just the two of us. We were doing an acoustic opening for Adam, and so it was just the two of us chicks getting up on stage every night and freaking people out. And uh, we had so much fun with these cowboys <laughs> that when I came home off the road and I, said, I looked at Dave, I said, honey, you better step it up because <laughs> I know some cowboys. So uh, luckily he's, he's a good sport and uh, we love to, to be able to poke fun at each other and, and have fun like that. So we wrote this song together with our friend Bill White called I Know Some Cowboys and it's very fun. It's always a crowd pleaser. It's a crowd favorite. And it's also one of my favorites because I like to push, push that boundary because I hear all the time that girls can't play honky tonks and all of this stuff. And I'm like, mm, check this Watch out. This. See what you think mm -hmm. after this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very fun honky-tonk song. It is. I've heard you sing it. Uh, yeah, so everybody check that out. It's coming up. Mm -hmm. All right, so you've been featured in incredibly big magazines. 
uh, won prestigious awards, performed on TV shows in stadiums. I'm having to read it because I can't remember all this. And I understand, I understand that you just walked your first outdoor stage runway. That had to be fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully our live industry will be getting back to full business pretty soon when they get the pandemic mm -hmm. under control. And I've heard rumors that, that there really is an actual possibility of that in the next few months, that the pandemic will start to burn itself out and people mm -hmm. uh, be able to more safely get out and go to these big venue concerts. So, you know, you've been on all these stages already. But what is still on your Jenny Tolman, the artist's dream list? What stage and what audience do you have your heart set on? I would say number one for me is the Grand Ole Opry. Ah, I've got my heart set on that one. Yeah, especially, you know, I was born and raised in Nashville. And so I've grown up going to the Opry, getting to, you know, my, my dad was in the music industry and he still works some with certain artists. Right. So I, I got to grow up going backstage and watching from side stage on the Opry and, uh, and still do to this day. So, so I'm waiting for my turn to be able to step in that circle. And that's, that's going to be a really special moment for me. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's my big one. I did the Opry as an artist. And the first time I'm normally not nervous on stage. Cause like you, I've kind of grown up doing it. But one of the times I was nervous was the first time I did the opera because, oh, they, yeah. as you know, they've got that little circle there that you stand on mm -hmm. that came from the original Opry stage. And you stand on it, you can feel the spirits of everybody that came before yeah. you. And it's like, okay, if you're going to do this, you better be good. Yeah, <laughs> I like, know, right? Oh, crap. <laughs> But uh, I look forward to that for you, too. And I got a feeling you're going to be playing that Opry stage a lot more than I did. All right. So we'll watch for you on that stage. Yep. <laughs> so, Jenny, what one piece of advice would you give someone who wants to pursue a music career now? Because I know you've learned so much. Yeah. You know, people probably hear this all the time, but it's, I'm going to reiterate it because it's so true to stay true to your guns, you know. Stick to your guns. Stay true to yourself. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been told, hey, you're a little left to center. You're a little, you know, or I'm not mainstream enough. Or they try to take me and put me in the category of Americana because I'm too country for country or whatever it may be. And, and then other people say you're too pop for country. So it's everybody has their own opinion and uh, none of them matter. The only opinion that matters is your fan base. If your fan base loves mm -hmm. you and accepts you, then that's all that matters. Because I continuously will tell people, if, if they try to tell me that a song's not going to work, kind of like I know some cowboys, I'm like, okay, well, why don't you come out to a show and, and tell me what you yeah. think afterwards? Because I can tell you that after I've been on the road these last few years and, and learning my audience and learning what works and what doesn't work, because... I definitely have some songs that do not work and that's fine, but you learn what works and what doesn't. And so mm -hmm. when you know that your fan base and your audience is reacting and they're dancing and they're hooting and hollering or they're crying, they're coming up to you, hugging you, telling you how much that song meant to them. It doesn't matter what anybody on music row says about that song because they're not the ones that are buying your music and coming to your shows. Absolutely. That's great advice. Really. And you're going to feel a lot more successful and, and uh, satisfied yourself because you're playing music that satisfies that part of you that made you play music in the first place. 
Exactly, because I mean, there's there's nothing worse than hearing about artists who are so super duper successful, and you know that that we know personally that get up on stage and sing songs that they hate every night because that's what <laughs> that's what made them famous. Yeah. And and you know, and I can't think of a worse reality to have to do. <laughs> You know, yeah. so it's just it's, it breaks my heart to think about that, that there's some artists that have to do that. So, uh, yeah, staying true to yourself is very important. Staying true to your guns, to your own guns. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> I like that twist. All right. Well, tell me what you do to take care of yourself because you're in great shape in every every way and you're healthy. And that's important if you want to be on the road because you yes. can't like come up with a cold too much uh, mm-hmm. or it can be a real problem. But uh, yeah, exactly. what do you do? <laughs> And and also when you get as successful as you are with these lists I'm reading off of things that you've done, you get busy and you're and you can get brain fried and physically fatigued and everything else. So what mm-hmm. do you do to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, and vocally? And with vocally, I want you to tell me what your favorite vocal exercise is. Uh, okay. Well, first, so there's there's a little bit of a list here physically. I try to eat a very clean, healthy diet. You know, I even, I do some cooking shows and segments yes, on my social media every now and then called the Hey Good Cook in Kitchen. Um, Cause I am gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. Um, I try to be refined sugar-free as much as I can. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> hard to stay away from all the time, especially on the road. But you know, there's so many I've learned um, over the years cause I've been gluten-free for 10 years now. So way before it was cool and trendy, I was forced to become gluten-free. And so I've been lucky enough to learn how to cook and bake and prepare certain dishes to make them more enticing (laughs) to the taste than what people might think gluten-free and dairy-free and all this stuff is. So I try to share some of those recipes with my fans as well. So that's one of them. Um, obviously exercising. I do pole dancing every so often. Yeah. Which is not as weird as it sounds. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing exercise. I like to describe it as ballet and gymnastics combined just on a vertical pole. Because, I yeah. mean, you're literally just holding your body in midair. So every muscle in your body is, is being worked. So that you're having fun, but you're also working out at the same time. And it's, it's, right. it's a very fun way to stay in shape. Um, but I will say that I noticed after the pandemic uh, and not going for so long, when I just did my catwalk, like you mentioned, for the first time on some outdoor festival stages, walking and, and squatting down to touch people's hands and singing at the same time, I was so <laughs> out of breath. I was like, oh, my God, I need to get in better shape because I can't breathe. I was having to like talk some of my lyrics because I couldn't sing because I was so winded. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I don't know if this is a rumor, but I've heard that Beyonce sings her entire concert while running on the treadmill to, to keep in shape so that she can wow. sing while she's dancing and doing all these moves during her show. And I'm like, I mean, honestly, that makes sense because I just got winded walking down this catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I definitely still need some work in that aspect. Um, emotionally you know that one I probably need to focus a little bit more on kind of like the the conversation I was talking about with my bandmate the other day we're like you know what let's set aside some time to where we're not talking about music because even though our lives revolve around it and obviously my career and my life are kind of an when when you're in this type of career they're combined you can't really separate them um but kind of being more mindful about 
setting some time to not talk about it, not think about it, just let it be what it is for a moment. You know, one of my favorite person in the world right now um, and probably forever will be is my niece. (laughs) She's two years old, but uh, she makes me (laughs) so happy. So I'll have little FaceTime calls with her um, every day or every other day for just like 15 minutes, just to where my brain is completely not thinking about my career and it's only thinking about it's this pure love and joy source that I get from my niece because she's so innocent and sweet and so she's kind of one of my (laughs) mental emotional (laughs) comfort blankets at the moment Uh, so just family and having having set aside family time I feel like is very important Um, and then vocally you are my holy grail (laughs) when it comes to that (laughs) <laughs> you know i Thanks. i've got to say i think my favorite uh my favorite exercise is the bubble the because i can do that one in hotel rooms and not freak out my neighbors <laughs> <laughs> you know if i do you are yeah you are <laughs> really loud it might start freaking people out call the cat yeah so i love doing that one and and I love you. You're just you're oh, my little Jenny. secret weapon that I have in my pocket. <laughs> if you know if I'm freaking out about something, I'm like, Judy, what do I do? <laughs> Help me. The pineapple juice is a savior too. That the pineapple juice, yeah. One of the many things I love about our lessons is I get to hear your music before anybody yeah. else does sometimes because <laughs> you're woodshedding it out, you know, and, yep. and that's really, really fun. Aww. But yeah, your your voice is so iconic. If you hear Jenny Tolman on the radio, you're not going to mistake her for anybody else. And I Thank love you. that not only you have you been true to your music, but you've been true to your own instrument. You've you've been mm-hmm. willing to open it up and use your face and give me my S's and T's and all those things I asked for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but you really have just worked it beautifully. So Thank where you. can people find you and your music and all of the stuff that you got going on? Yeah, if you go to JennyTolman.com, Jenny with a Y and T-O-L-M-A-N, uh, all my info's on there, or Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. If you type in Jenny Tolman, I will pop right up. Great. All right, Jenny. Well, we'll see you probably Friday, and you take good care always because you are so necessary out there to make the world a better place and you do just by being in it definitely and singing in it (laughs) thank you so much thanks for doing this with me thanks for having me and we've come to the end of another episode i hope you've enjoyed getting to know jenny tolman she has got a lot going but she is one of my most dedicated students so if you'd like your own vocal lesson please hit me up at judyrodman.com See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, studio producers, and the next big thing.